Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me is my compadre, Pramod Kumar Burawalli. Welcome to Mind Podcast again, Pramod. Hey, Maharashtra. Wow. Topic, greeting, everything has been added to one So, first of all, I have to apologize to our listeners. I know you have you've been asking me ki why has it been delayed, why has it been delayed, it's been about 10 days but we were waiting for what is the situation in Maharashtra and anyone who's followed politics knows that the last four days have been absolutely insane. So earlier the plan was that Friday morning we're going to do the podcast America time, Friday evening so which is about, it'll be up about Saturday uh, your time but as most of you know we got the news of Mr. Devendra Fadnavis taking the oath as chief minister of Maharashtra on Friday evening and so we delayed, we delayed, we delayed and finally uh, today we saw some sort of a conclusion to that so um, for everyone who may not know what had happened I'll just give a brief introduction of uh, what's also a month ago you know I mean seems like ages ago but a month ago uh, on October 24th I believe the <coughs> results of the Maharashtra elections happened uh, the results I mean the counting of the votes happened and the result included BJP being the single largest party got 105 seats and BJP Shiv Sena the Mahayuti NDA got 161 seats because Sena got about 56. Uh, the Congress NCP suffered a loss with NCP getting 54 seats doing little better than what was expected and Congress getting 44 seats. Now since then there were negotiations between Sena and BJP where Sena made some bizarre demand of having a chief minister for two and a half years in spite of having less than half of what the BJP had. And BJP of course refused and you know back and forth after a hectic back and forth the governor invited the BJP to form the government but because the Sena was not supporting and had its ministers pulled out of NDA the BJP couldn't form the government. Then the Sena sought for three more days to form the, then the Sena was invited they said that we have an intention but we need three more days and the governor did not give them 24 hours they did not have the numbers in 24 hours so basically the state went into president's rule. Then. Uh, there were negotiations between the Shiv Sena, NCP and Congress, bitterly ideologically opposed allegedly and we've discussed this Pramod and I when we talked about the history of the Shiv Sena, how the Sena has always been close to the Congress. There were sort of negotiations going on between as the negotiations are about to enter sort of in the next phase, Friday evening America time, Saturday morning people woke up to the news of Ajit Pawar becoming the deputy CM, uh, taking oath as the deputy CM and Devendra Fadnavis as the chief minister of Maharashtra. We were then told that uh, there were letters of support that apparently Ajit Pawar had produced with NCP MLAs or something like that and they were assured of the support. Then Sharad Pawar said that he, uh, this was his decision and not NCP's decision or Sharad Pawar's decision, this happened to be Ajit Pawar's decision, so there was another hectic sort of back channel negotiation. Then there was a petition in the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court ordered that <clears throat> there should be a trust vote that should happen on Wednesday by Wednesday 5pm uh, where uh, closed ballots would not be used and so forth and um, after which Ajit Pawar resigned as the deputy CM and then uh, Devendra Fadnavis then uh, uh, resigned as CM. Ostensibly since Sajid Pohar had resigned, he assumed that they did not have the numbers and now Uddhav Thakre is going to stake claim and probably take oath as the Chief Minister of Maharashtra on December 1st. On December 1st. 
Pramod did I leave anything out? <laughs> I'm out of breath now. <laughs> no, I think they are going to be swearing at each other. I mean, at the swearing in. No, no, but no, 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 we, we, we'll, we'll analyze later. But I'm saying, of the, all the information I gave, is there any part of information that I forgot or left out? ಬಿಜೆಪಿಟ್ಟ but the shiv sena ncp and Cong- congress are even more opposed to each other so how are the optics uh, uh, playing out pramod two perspectives to this right For th- that is that is we are talking about let's start with wh- where this came right i i don't think bjp was wrong in calling the sena's bluff and not forming the government because there is no way a lot of people are saying that you should have given into the sena and stuff there is no way they needed needed to give seed ground to the sena okay now um, uh, with with them getting half the seats now with ajit pawar obviously the optics of it were absolutely terrible but the justification used and i'm not justifying it where was that he was used to counter what the sena was doing with the ncp ultimately that move did not pan out because he clearly did not have the numbers and sharad pawar i don't know if he was playing some double sided game with mr pawar anything is possible uh, i mean with both the powers basically right they can play all sides so first tell me the contradictions what are the, inherent- the contradiction is mm-hmm. yeah the inherent contradiction is that there is a, a report filed by a raw operative uh, called nk sooth on the dealings of ajit pawar sharad pawar and all of these uh, uh, you know corrupt and brazenly um you know thagish politicians uh, by an ex operative of roms nk sooth based on which the bjp did some hangama a few months before the elections the lok sabha elections and also they tried to open the case uh, on the links that daud ibrahim had with uh, sharad pawar now this couldn't happen that sharad pawar kept every such links to himself ajit pawar has been an integral part of this the the the, the political management of ncp no, the, and all of a sudden the problem yeah. is no the, now the problem is obviously that even now if they come up you know the perception they are going to say is it's vindictive and stuff which it's not even if it comes up but talking about the sena ncp congress right what do you think this coalition has even a chance of lasting 5 years i couldn't care less adit but just just by blaming the ncp shiv sena and congress for being opportunistic hmm. they could have just kept quiet let sympathy sink in let this coalition unravel maybe 2 years or 5 years what's what's the big deal in sitting in in opposition if you have followed the maharashtra politics closely and if you get these guys close to power with mumbai and maharashtra you know coffers being there the consequences could be quite bad okay and i'm not even talking, yeah. i'm not even talking about uh, economic or corruption consequences wo to hoga hi i'm also talking about the political consequences but purely on analytical what we feel might be a whole different ball game purely on political analysis 
do you think this coalition has a chance with with the Thakre as the face? See, this is a very different thing. The Thakre has refused to take a constitutional post. Okay, the Pawar has always had one. Isme ulta hai. The Thakre is the CM and Pawar has the remote control. With Jayant Patil being the deputy CM. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, essentially this way or that way, Shusena is destroyed, right? Exactly. Uh, Shusena was anyway uh, the biggest loser in this uh, in this game because as soon as another uh, five to six months, hmm. uh, Uddhav Thakre starts being a little bit independent or tries to do anything closely uh, pro-Hindu or you know, even for that matter tries to do anything related to renaming of some of the places in Maharashtra, yeah. that is they'll pull the plug and uh, <laughs> then they'll go for elections and like you rightly said, looks like BJP was not confident of the numbers with the sympathy vote hmm. that next time NCP might turn out to be the biggest uh, yeah, single largest if, party. Even if not the single largest party, I think the problem was that this time a lot of people have said that BJP should have gone alone and stuff. I don't think it was that simple. I don't think had they gone alone, they would have gotten 144. I think it was a prudent move. Right. To go. Now, one could argue that Sena ko itni bhi seats deni chahiye thi ya nahi. That is a whole different debate. Now that is Now that's post-mortem what we are doing. But I don't think I don't think the BJP alone because see Maharashtra is not. I mean it's a huge state. It's the second biggest state of India after Uttar Pradesh, right? Um, people forget that there are so many internal caste contradictions. There is the sugar lobby. There is the tobacco lobby. There is the wine lobby. There is, you know, you you are talking about. Um, uh, then you have the regional strongmen, where uh, BJP tried to do, uh, you know, getting this Vijay Singh Mo, uh, Mohite Patil, who was the deputy CM uh, uh, after uh, Ajit Pawar or after Shagan Bhujbal and all that. So, so that is the interesting. What I think where the missed trick was that I I also believe that had they stayed in the opposition, it could have been Fadnavis's 1996 Vajpayee moment where the country rewards you again two years later because this coalition was a bundle of contradictions which was doomed to fail. Also, Pramod, what was interesting is, I think this whole oath-taking might have pushed the NCP, Congress and Sena to desperation to take a move. Earlier, they were like debating on terms like secular, communal, things like that. All that debate was over. Then it survival mode kicked in. Right. Yeah. So I, 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 I would I, I would have done better political calculations somewhere something horrible has happened. See, I'll tell you why I disagree yeah. with that. Because in Madhya Pradesh, BJP still got more, more votes than Congress. In Rajasthan, it was right. neck and neck. So and even after the assembly elections, they, they got they got walloped. I think the difference is now what what happened in Maharashtra was there was a calculation taken to avoid sort of elections happening in the next two years or two and a half years. Probably that has to change rather than forming the government at, at presently at any cost. Maybe the next step needs to be plan for two, three years in advance and what happens because you have to, this is, this has been a big year for Narendra Modi and Amit Shah with the Ram Mandir, the 370 winning another election. And this was almost, I think also complacency kicked in where a lot of people thought this was a foregone conclusion. Right. And right. the NCP and Congress didn't do as bad as predicted. They still ended up with about 98 odd seats. So that, but yes, complacency, complacency and exhaustion is also a, a, a very big factor. But at this point, what they have done is for common supporters, no, the home runs they have hit at the national level 
if they are not able to reflect it at the state level and do these state level compromises in the hope that people will forgive and forget are theek hai ajit pawar bhi acha hi tha acha hi hoga usko control mein rakhte the the kaante ko kaante se nikalna hai all of these uh, i don't understand this this kind of uh, political logic to to try to ally with the fact if not the first most but the second most corrupt person in maharashtra politics now Ajit Pawar also played it very coyly because he was going to either be in power in the NCP uh, Congress combine supported by Shiv Sena or he was going to be in power with the BJP and uh, NCP so he was going to get away both sides and that's where the whole miscalculation happened hmm. you know what are they gaining and what are they losing now he's been uh, brought back um, with, with whatever assurances or whatever yeah, but that's what that, i'm saying uh, i don't think he was right. gone to be brought back You see, I think this is there. There is this is some other game that's being played, and we'll come to that later when we find out what's going on. Because I refuse to believe in that in 24 hours suddenly everything is good between the uncle and the nephew. Because many of us who kept asking, why is he not being expelled? Why is he not being expelled? What is going on? You know. So yeah, I don't think Congress, NCP, or most of the parties have any morals or ethics, even if they are called, you know, gone. the only uh, religion for them is power politics and money uh, but could have sat out he could have said let sympathy sink in devendra fadnavis did a good job he is considered to be one of the best chief ministers maharashtra ever had no 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 all the other logic could have been that this uh, they were only going to this for a, for maybe a year to finish up the sena either way it did not pan out the way they planned so i think fair and square you have to give credit to sharad pawar for me forget about pawar ajit pawar for a second i am no fan of mr ajit pawar but one image shocked me to the core when i saw a face the face of abu asim azmi in the same first row as the sena ncp congress now abu azmi's record i am not even going to repeat it it is horrible it has a lot of problems i've tweeted about it look at what he said in the 90s look at the kind of you know charges look at the kind of allegations everything they are deeply troubling but he's always had this sort of blow hot blow cold relationship with the congress but for shiv sena who has taken on abu asim azmi for the longest time to have him and give him the front row seat right next to manohar joshi who was the ex chief minister of maharashtra or the last uh, or the one speaker of the lok sabha what does that tell you how bad has uddhav played his hand i mean you know for me as growing up in the 90s and seeing the bal thakre sena i keep saying it's not the same well now th- th- there is no bigger evidence than this and yesterday you even saw the sena sort of uh, workers bursting crackers outside the bjp office so my friend ashish chandrogar tweeted a very interesting thing that old bjp karyakartas in mumbai refused to admit that the sena has moved on but they have moved on well they have come full circle it was the congress that propped up the shiv sena in the 60s no, no, and remote, 70s congress is different you are talking about see aligning with congress is bad but is another thing but then having someone like abu asim azmi when you don't need his support he only has one or two mlas why do you need his support that is i mean that is right right look no, it's it's a part of the full return back to secular politics for shiv sena that is what that is symbolically representing you know they might as well remove the tiger and uh, cut some whiskers and put uh, some uh, other uh, you know uh, maybe some sort of a deer or something instead of the tiger you know i don't know 
at this point in time shivsena is no dear is a good analogy because right now uddhav looks like a deer in headlights <laughs> doesn't know which correct because yeah irrespective of that i think he was getting stifled in the bjp alliance he, he never he knew with this judgment of ram temple they were never going to come to power and their their hindutva will pale in comparison because bjp nationally at least if they really stay focused to hindutva and they don't pretend to be as uh, left center or the centrist party anymore mm. uh, then they will continue willing uh, winning at least the national level elections as that's what i predicted no, even state level, even state level they have a chance i think they just need to nominate the right people and give them a free hand is now it is the bjp versus the rest when it comes to all or pan india so um, this is the this is this is the moment i think this is a very important moment in indian politics not for what has happened but for what will happen because you have the oldest ally uh, shiv sena moving away and i think bjp for long has wanted to move away from the akali dal in the punjab too so if it does become sort of bjp versus the rest um, i think this is probably the best modi's best narendra modi's best chance to um, clean up and probably run a quasi presidential sort of campaign so what happens remains to be seen but ultimately what has happened is a bundle of contradictions has come together i don't think none of us think it this is going to last more than 5 years if it does uh, if it does last 5 years then you know i'll be shocked but one thing is for sure that sharad bawar is going to try and milk the most out of this alliance and make no mistake whatever sena might want to say the remote control of this alliance is with mr pawar and mrs sonia gandhi and how how they play with it but in the bmc 2022 i don't see this alliance lasting beyond bmc if not till bmc because this bundle of contradictions will explode in bmc and maybe the war on corruption should start with bjp actually going it alone in bmc not ends out but we'll be covering all of it on mind podcast in part 2 we'll talk a little bit more about this and the other news that dominated the uh, week so basically uh, um to sum up what we said i think uh, uh what mr sharad pawar does now Uh, remains to be seen he also like make no mistake he is no 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 apostle or no angel right he has uh, various charges of corruption and right now his firm thing is you know family protection but what basically the ncp and shivsen has become has become and somebody told me this on twitter is something similar to dmk dmk ultimately it's family protection ideologically neutral okay kahin pe bhi mud sakte hai right in maharashtra they that's the position they want to take so um uh, that that's that's it um coming to coming to the other news that have dominated uh, the week so apart from that you also had a very uh, significant uh, 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 disinvestment proposal that is coming out of the finance ministry uh, finance minister nirmala sitaraman announcing it do you do you think that's a good move pramod yeah i think so because they need the money the revenue numbers are dipping Uh, obviously, the interim sort of relief to try to get the corporate tax lowered and uh, some of the missing chinks in um, uh, the basically the manufacturing policy have been failed because uh, this trade war against China, mm-hmm. Thailand, Vietnam, and uh, the Southeast Asian Tiger nations were benefiting, and India needed to really uh, go head uh, over heels to try to get those manufacturing companies to set up shop in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was good. but at the same time the fundamentals look very weak you know the gdp numbers have dipped uh, 
uh, you know, dipped down to about 4%. Mm. And this quarter also, I, I was looking at the numbers, look really atrocious. So they need to come up with some uh, revenue. And uh, that revenue can only come basically uh, if uh, some of these behemoths are disinvested. I think the first term of Modi, they were sitting quietly on uh, disinvesting uh, some of the uh, you know bigger companies because they were uh, really huge employment generators. But some of them are really, at this point in time, I can't tell you how big of a drain uh, in the economy they are. So if they are essentially able to uh, divest some of them and raise money, mm. then the revenue deficit to a certain extent can be uh, you know, can be filled. Again, we don't know what the timelines for that, how much percentage the government will still control, yeah. whether it is 100% divestment, or, uh, but, but I would welcome the move. Absolutely. And uh, I am not going to go into the announcement about Air India because that I will require 30 more minutes with you. <laughs> on, on it. Because I, I oppose it. I right? know, you know, you know, know my know. stand from the beginning. All our, right? all our, all our uh, 230 plus episodes, all our listeners know about that. <laughs> so wo, yeah. if I do that, that Pramod is only going to talk about that for 25 minutes. So um, wo, right. wo we'll talk later uh, because that is... But I definitely, I definitely agree, Adit, because there are some of these, uh, uh, you know, behemoths like DPCL and others... Even LIC uh, for that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's very exotic why the government held on to the investment, basically, even after bailing them out for almost uh, three to five years. Mm. We don't know, uh, you know, again, some of the public sector undertakings is, uh, uh, is required because you can't always have everything in the private pockets, right? No, absolutely. But, no, but when the but, cabinet but, comes... Uh, calculated yeah. risks can be taken. So, I think... Uh, what yeah, yeah. See, the cabinet... Committee on Economic Affairs had talked about five PSUs even in the first term. Like mm. for example, mm. there are some power generating corporations, I don't know why they even exist, like Tehri Dam. Remember there is a Tehri Hydro Development Corporation. Mm. There is a Northeast Electric Power Corporation. Mm. You know, and uh, of course they, they can be sold to NTPC which is sitting on a lot of cash. Mm. But why is the government controlling it? Nobody knows. How the, the dividend is distributed, nobody knows. So it's it's a very weird sort of a thing. No, and the, fun, the funny thing is the government themselves, the NDA government themselves have advocated this policy. So I'm glad that they are, when they do have the numbers. I'll tell you, no, no, but I'll tell you the success story because listeners need to know that people talk about ki hota hai, you know, what is the success story. There's a story called Hindustan Zinc, okay, hmm. which got divested uh, and sold to Vedanta in 2002. And uh, now it has seen a hundredfold increase in profits in, on the back of a sixfold expansion in capacity since takeover in 2002. You know, 17 years, mein, mm. that's a huge turnaround story. I don't know why the government doesn't talk about it, yeah. you know. But it takes time for you to show, show those numbers. Uh, but this is really one of the Thatcherist uh, type of movement for Narendra Modi. I'm pretty sure that the, the kind of numbers that are looking are very positive mm. because, you know, government doesn't need to control hotels, aluminium, zinc firms, bakery chain, as it means, what is the Shekhar Gupta had this wonderful uh, term for ITDC. 
he used to call it the Indian Tourism Disaster Corporation. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> maybe the IDDC needs to go. Who knows? Um, but no, this is. No, no. Bharat Petroleum, Container Corp, Shipping Corp, all of them, where government equity has is, I think, more than fifty percent, mm. and their market cap is huge. Are they? If they just let go twenty five percent, then they can uh, fill the revenue deficit for two years in a row. Mm. No, absolutely. So, so uh, certainly, you no. Know, this is a certainly a, a good move, a much needed move, might I add. And uh, let's see how uh, how this pans out. But um, uh, uh, and sort of, you know, it could be quote unquote the Big Bang move. But first of all, I hate this term Big Bang. Anyways, ki this is not what happened in 1991. Ki aake, you know, ek dhadake ke saath ho jayega. It is going to be a set of structured reforms, and this is only one. part of many reforms that need to take place to reform india's financial sector and absolutely it's holistic the bankruptcy code the the kind of benami holdings that again now bolstered by this maharashtra elections uh, the united uh, uh, friends of the opposition might find it lucrative to hold some cash but again <laughs> uh, this time around if they, they really demonetize the 2000 rupees note they better get hold of the people who have who hoarded the the cash So yeah, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think 2000 demonetization yeah. per se is going to happen again. But I think digitization certainly is a priority. Uh, we have a terrific piece on mind makers on the rupee scheme, the uh, the rupee mode card and why is such a big success story. And um, and 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 that's what's going to happen. We are going to find many indigenous companies coming up. We just have to have a suitable environment where they can borrow money. and you know sort of have ease of doing business so they don't fall short to the um, competitors around the world just because our business environment is not that friendly right so i i think uh, you know uh, you know i think what infrastructure improvement and the ease of doing business uh, ranking does are it is it creates an atmosphere hmm. for the world to look at india as a favorable not just from a Services standpoint, but also product development standpoint. Remember, mm. Apple iPhone is now being manufactured fully from India. Mm. You know, mm. that's just one one success story I'm telling you about. Mm. So mm. I I wish I, I wish this turnaround, which I know I'm predicting 2020 and 21 to be very tough mm. in terms of the economic turnaround, because the fundamentals were getting weakened. Now the nuts and bolts were being fixed in the last two years of Narendra Modi's first term. Mm. It will take four years totally. So the first last two years of his first term and the first two years of his second term. Mm. But year three, four, and five will be golden boost right at the time Ram Mandir will be built, and you and I will go and take darshan, my friend. <laughs> It will be a good economy. Indeed. So, मतलब आपने ये मतलब पूरी वो you know how I say Gujarati thali. We have to have one of everything. So, we have done political, uh, analysis, economic, and now we have to add cultural in the mix. Because I am an Amra Admi, I have to, I have to give my Gujarati brother the Amra. टॉम लैंटोस ह्यूमन राइट 
commission hearing and she gave a terrific intervention on Kashmir, what happened to Kashmiri Pandits and took on Sheila Jackson Lee, who's a congresswoman from Houston, uh, 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 questioned her on uh, stats and stuff like that. So um, it was a very, very important moment. And the speech, all of you have heard, it went viral, uh, you know, and uh, you're proud of what she done, what she's done, obviously. I, I wrote actually a piece about it. But I want to focus on three aspects before I um, you know, bring Pramod in. Um, there are there are three major aspects. First, the point she made about Kashmiri Hindus and stuff, they were never, utter, all of them were talked about in um, the US Congress. The second part being, it almost was like, we India is no longer a bipartisan issue on the hill. You had the extreme left of the Democratic Party taking a very quote-unquote anti-India stance on this. And the third and most important thing, when there was one voice confronting the majority opinion on Kashmir, the other five, you know, found suddenly they started, uh, you know, their facts started trembling. So then, the, because you questioned the source of their facts, which were not facts, they were just a misrepresentation, suddenly their whole narrative f fell flat. So those were my three key takeaways. What was your takeaway, Pramod? My takeaway was that this came out of uh, left field. They did not expect uh, to kind of have this whole platform uh, turned over its heels by Sunanda. Mm -hmm. uh, she did a spectacular job in bringing in the perspective of Kashmiri Hindus, Kashmiri Pandits who were butchered and made to leave forcibly from the uh, Kashmir Valley. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, it also shows the ha uh, hollowness of the United States kangaroo court, whatever that was, yeah. that tried to see that there was no Hindu voice. I think she was inserted at the very end. She was not allowed to make her points forcefully, but she kept coming back. It just shows that I don't know if there is a cozy uh, coalition of the Islamists and the, uh, you know, the Human Rights Commission and the leftists in the United States. I don't know. I don't see at this point in time there is a clear, but at, at the same time, a clear convergence could be that they all want to keep India uh, in uh, in a sort of a no, but uh, no, corner. We, we, we misunderstand, yeah. Pramod. Cozy coalition doesn't doesn't mean just supporting. Cozy coalition can also mean but, not questioning the some obvious wrong in your theory, right? So the Islamist theory on yeah. Kashmir and not acknowledging that the only reason where Kashmiri Hindus were driven out of Kashmir was because of their religion and this urge to create a pan-Islamic state in Kashmir. If you don't acknowledge that, then you are being absolutely untrue. I mean, you are being completely, uh, blatantly, um, you know, you're spreading falsehood, right? So, um, yeah. so that's the thing, but, but kudos to Sunanda for standing her ground and giving her perspective and you know uh, always a high five and a big hug from team uh, you know team mind makers <laughs> all of us so it made us very proud um, but but moving on from kashmir to uh, 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 to sort of america and see what's happening you know america is getting ready for an election in in less than a year right uh, Pramod famously predicted exactly a year ago that Donald Trump is going to be the president of America uh, in 2015. December 2015, I remember he's, he, he kept saying it. We kept fighting him on the podcast. Go to the previous podcast and check him out. He had been consistent on it and he was proven right. So I'm going to ask you, as we are one year away from the election, you think Donald Trump is coming back? Yes, he is coming back as the second term president, not because of his work, because he 
opposition is so virulently anti uh, you know any sensi- sensible sort of politics <laughs> they are left of left you know look at the namuna they have biden uh, senator warren uh you know you got bernie sanders let's split it up into two spots one is the left of left namuna yeah. that you talk about second is people like andrew yang tulsi gabbard who are not that crazy they are actually quite in the center andrew yang also don't mind but they don't have the numbers and consequently right. subsequently they don't get that air time on debates they get like 5 6 minutes compared to 12 13 minutes that warren biden and um, uh, uh, this um, who's that other sanders get right bernie sanders and yeah. of course th- some of the, i mean the biden and sanders don't have age on them side warren doesn't have sound economics on her side i mean the, some of the ideas are absolutely crazy and now i'm hearing michael bloomberg is in the race they he is going to destroy whatever little percentage they had uh, you know in terms of these blue blue states some of the states they would have really romped a uh, home in terms of new york california yeah. now that is also you know it's like indian politics uh-huh. the majority if, they, if it stays focused and if he only gets is uh, 50% uh-huh. no matter how uh, good the other opposition is they'll still end up getting 25% but boss new york california new york california ka to matter hi nahi hai those even if they go to the democrats the real battle is in six states right pennsylvania ohio Correct. florida wisconsin michigan Correct. and virginia this these Correct. are your six states Correct. you can, I, you can also I, include I, I, I think yeah bloomberg is a deal maker so he you know doesn't care on the left or the right at the, in the very end <laughs> you know no, he, he was a democrat pehle then a republican then an independent now he's yeah. democrat again my question is uh my question and and my question is i think and this is going to be the most interesting bloomberg can outspend the most people when it comes to democrat party and how many right. can stand the financial onslaught that's coming that's what we have to see yeah because the, the right. democratic already a lot of candidates are short of funds so we'll have to see or isme bechari kamla harris ka to koi naam bhi nahi leta so she's right matlab she's gone she's almost gone but in two months uh, or actually a month uh, or no two months yeah january and the iowa caucus will start and then the new hampshire primary and then in february uh, late february early march will be the super tuesday so by then we should know who the front runner is but certainly most of the people will drop out in the next two or three months so that's what we have yeah. to see but but before we end right. Timur, any recommendations for our listeners yeah well for me i would go back to recommendations of uh trying to understand how the uh, i keep giving the same recommendation again and again because the next two years of politics adit will all be about ram temple and how the construction or uh, you know any sort of impediments caused by any people for that matter will be so although i have been very harsh on the bjp earlier in my podcast segment i can say that just by the blessing of lord ram they will always be in power and uh, in, in a very commanding situation for the next 30 years because that is what lord ram does to you so my recommendation again is meenakshi jain's rama and ayodhya it's a very important book for anybody who understands the cultural aspects of it uh, to try to understand how the whole situation evolved and what significance it has for the four indic faiths which believe in the sanctity of these uh, pilgrimage centers so rama and ayodhya by meenakshi jain absolutely i have uh, two different recommendations 
first is this YouTube channel I discovered called the Mastering Project. It's a sound engineer. Uh, I forget his name, but he accidentally I discovered it. He has more than 50,000 subscribers. And what he does is he takes old Hindi, Tamil, Telugu songs, uh, Kannada songs, other songs, Malayalam songs and he digitally remasters them where he enhances the instruments the voice because what he says is recording and they were converted into CDs and some the sound rate was very low the quality of the sound that you heard was low and I'm telling you when you put in your headphones and listen to these sounds at the digitally remastered quality same singers no remix nothing you hear the original voice the original instruments you can pick up each and every small instrument if you can especially when you have people like Rahman and Ardi Burman and even someone like a Viju Shah the instrumentations even an Anu Malik I mean Ilya Raja the it's amazing so do listen to the mastering project and my second recommendation is a documentary I started watching on Netflix it's about the guy who invented uh, or the creator of Bikram Yoga right and what the allegations and stuff are now I've not watched the whole thing uh, I still have to watch it so I reserve my judgment to after I watch the whole thing but I would still recommend everyone to watch it because even if you agree, agree or disagree with a documentary you still have to watch it to tell me where you agree or where you disagree and please write to us for it but once again thank you promos for joining in this was a fascinating discussion we'll be back now in a week's time uh, we won't take that long unless and until maharashtra decides to shock us again but we'll be back in a week's time to talk about more issues that have dominated um, the news this week so from other than promote thank you and we'll be back soon thank you thank you, thank you.